Let's pray together before we move into our Bible study time. God, just again, thank you for allowing us to gather together as we go to your word. God, I just am asking that you would humble our hearts, humble our hearts, uh, just kill our pride so that we can hear um, what we need to hear tonight, God, and, and that we would just uh, know that Jesus is who we make much of. Jesus is who we love. Jesus is who we worship. And so we pray now and ask you, God, that in our hearts as we sing these songs, as we go to your word, that Jesus would be sitting on the throne of our hearts. And Lord, where we sometimes have taken the place of Jesus in our own lives, we pray, God, that tonight you'd humble us and bring us back to worshiping Jesus on the throne of our hearts as our King, as our Lord, and who we love. So as we go to your word, God, just uh, speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, y'all have a seat real quick. All right, we're gonna skip boogie, so be ready. If you have your Bible or your phone app, a Bible app, then go with me to Acts chapter 16. That's where we're gonna be today. I think sometimes we get too used to reading verses on the screen. Don't mind if you use a Bible app. Don't mind if you use an actual Bible like this one right here. That's okay, but I do want you to start getting into that. So if you don't know like what Bible app to download, you, all you gotta do is ask a C group leader, one of your leaders afterwards, but hey, what would be a good Bible app for me to use? And they'll show you on their phone, they'll show you like what Bible app you can get. But listen, let me just say this. Every single one of you has a phone. You definitely should have the Bible as one of your apps, all right, so that you always have God's word with you every single place that you take your phone. Now, I was gonna say that you go, but every single place that you take your phone, all right? So we're gonna be in Acts chapter 16 today, and we're gonna move fast. So, you know, the gospel changes everything, and that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about how the gospel moves us from death to life, and that's a big deal, to be dead and to be made alive in Christ. We've been talking about how the gospel moved us from freedom, and it moved us it moved us to freedom, and now that we can, now we can live by the Spirit. We can do what God wants us to do because the Spirit of God lives inside of us. So everything that God wants us to do, that He calls us to do, He gives us His Spirit so that we can live out all that God wants us to do. And then last week we asked this really hard question. We said, "How has the gospel changed you?" How is the gospel changing you? And we looked at this awesome story of this guy in the Bible named Saul, who was somebody who hated followers of the, anybody remember? The way, followers of the way, Jesus. He hated followers of Jesus. Even though Jesus was gone, Jesus had already died and resurrected. The people that were following Jesus, the early church, the new church, they, they uh, he hated them and he wanted to see them persecuted and dead. And God got a hold of him. You remember the story last week? This blinding light on his way to Damascus and he's blinded and Jesus says to him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you after me? Why are you messing with my people? And Saul, through this crazy story we looked at last week, moves from being somebody who hated, hated people who followed Jesus to being a follower of Jesus. And that was last week's story. We don't have time to get into all the little details because we covered it last week. But Today, we basically have one point. There is one thing that I want us to remember, okay? And we're gonna go back to the life of Paul, this dude in the Bible named Paul. Y'all have a seat, okay? There's a lot of movement in here, and I only have about 10, 
12 minutes, all right? So just grab a seat somewhere. I know I gotta go to the bathroom too, all right? So here we go, all right? So <laughs> so you guys are like, this guy's weird. Why did he just say that? All right, my daughters say the same thing, okay? So don't worry about that. You're not alone. There's one point tonight that I want us to remember. And since there's only one point for us to remember tonight, like I need you to really focus in and not zone out on me, okay? And it's this, it's this. It's that when the gospel changes you, okay, I'm gonna say it again, Okay? When the gospel changes you, God begins to impact other people through you. You ever, you ever put like a, a soup on the stove and you just watch it bubble a little bit? Like it's just kind of simmering, right? You're like, it needs a little paprika. Let me throw a little spice in that soup so it can like, right? Okay, I'm just gonna let that simmer in your brain a little bit. When the gospel changes people, God starts to change people around you. I'm gonna show you two quick stories that back this up, that we learned this from. The first one is in Acts 16, verse 16. So after Saul was persecuting Christians and became a follower of Jesus, he got a name change. Wouldn't it be cool if when you became a follower of Jesus, God was like, hey, I'm gonna change your name, bro. You used to be Marcus, now your name is, I don't know, you guys can think of a name for me, okay? Make it good, all right? The point is simply this, is that Saul is like, uh, he gets a name change, God says, now you're Paul, okay? So every time we say Paul, we're talking about that same guy we learned about last week, okay? So here's how the story goes. Paul becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. Then he starts going and planting churches all over the region and begins to travel the world, planting churches and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He begins to tell people what he knows of Jesus and his experience with Jesus. That's where we land today. He's in this place. Verse 16 says this. It'll be on the screen if you need it. Hopefully you're following along in your Bible, all right? This is what it says. Once as we were on our way to prayer, a slave girl, that's the first character in our story, there's this slave girl, and she met us, and she had a spirit by which she predicted the future. So this slave girl, she belonged to some people, she was a slave, and she was able to predict the future because she had this evil spirit that was possessing her. My Bible says the spirit of divination, meaning she could speak to dead people, right? She made a large profit for her owner's fortune telling. So imagine being a slave and you have a spirit that possesses you and your owner's bank because people come and they say, we want to talk to your slave girl so she can predict the future. And your owner say, yeah, you can, you can talk to her, but it costs $100 an hour. Now it doesn't tell us how much it costs. It just says that her owners made a lot of money off of her. Okay, and then it says, as she followed Paul and, and Silas, the two guys that are together around, she starts yelling. It says that she followed them for many days. They're walking through town, talking to people about Jesus. And this slave girl is just standing off behind them for multiple days, not just one hour of the day, but multiple days. She's following them and she's saying, these men right here, these two guys, these men, who are proclaiming to you the way to be saved by God, okay? They are servants of the most high God. And she did this for days, many days is what it said. So she knows that these guys are coming, they're speaking truth. She knows that the God that they are proclaiming is the one true God and she follows them around for days and days. And finally, Paul, 
who used to be Saul, remember? The dude who hated Christians now is a follower of Jesus. Now, Paul, he turns around to her, says he was greatly annoyed. He was like, man, we need to shut this girl up already. She's got this evil spirit in her. She keeps calling us out. They're followers of Jesus. They're fo-, which is, they weren't being secretive about that, okay? But this is what happens. He turns to her and he says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he's not talking to the girl. Who's he talking to? The spirit. He's talking to the spirit that is inside of her. He says, spirit that is inside of you, you need to come out of her immediately. And he says, in Jesus' name, come out of her. And the spirit came out of her right away. Imagine what was the change that she went through at that moment. At that moment, there was a change that happened because the spirit that was possessing her left her. Now the owners, they flip out. They're freaking out because now they don't have a way to make money off of this slave girl who they were exploiting. They were exploiting her. And here's the point. Listen, one point today. Here's the point. The gospel changed Saul's life. The gospel changed his life completely. And now he's Paul because that's what the gospel does. It changes people's lives. The gospel changed Paul's life forever, and now God was using Paul to change this girl's life. Now, Paul wasn't changing her life. The God that Paul served was changing her. But God was using Paul in that moment, because that's what happens. When you know how the gospel has changed you, other people around you start to be impacted too. Now, the owners of this girl, they're pretty, pretty upset. So they rally up the religious people and the leaders of the town. They get Paul and Silas and they mob beat him because of what he has done. They beat him and they took him and they threw him in jail. And this passage in the Bible that we're reading says that they didn't even throw him into jail. They put him in the middle of the jail, the deepest part of the jail that you could reach where so that you can never escape. And they chained their hands. They chained their legs. They, they, were, they were chained in the inner part of the jail. That's where they were beaten and just kind of messed up there sitting there in the dark. Now, this is where we get to the second part of our story. That's the first story. The second one is this. Verse 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Imagine this for a second. These two dudes, they see this girl who has an evil spirit in her freed. She's freed. They get beaten and thrown in jail because they did that good thing. All right? Now, they're sitting in a jail cell. It's midnight. They're chained. And these dudes aren't like, God, where are you? Why did you forget us? They're not angry at God. They're not saying, God, we're doing your work. And here we are in jail because of you, God. I thought you cared about us. Forget you. No, they're sitting in jail. Their arms bound. Their legs tied in jail, in the dark. And what are they doing? They're singing to God. They're like, man, we're in jail God, you're good. We love you, God. We love you, God. And it says that the prisoners around them, sitting in their misery, because they're in prison too. By the way, prison isn't a happy place, just in case you thought it was. They're listening to them sing. 
because when the gospel changes you, other people around you are impacted. Does that make sense? You all tracking with me? There's only one point today. Okay, it says they're singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail began to shake and immediately the doors were opened and everyone was like, snap, let's get out of here, right? It's our chance, God's freeing us. No, that's not what happened. It says everyone's chains came off and when the jailer woke up from the earthquake and saw that the doors were wide open to the prison, standing open, he drew his sword, and he was ready to knife himself. He was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. All the prisoners are listening to Paul and Silas worshiping God in the prison, unjustly arrested. They didn't do anything wrong. And God uses this earthquake, sends this earthquake to shake open the jail and to shake off the chains that are binding them and the, 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 the jailer who's responsible for every one of those prisoners and at, and, and at the expense of his own life, if he loses a prisoner, it could cost him his life. He says, oh, when they hear that I have lost all of these prisoners, they are gonna kill me. And he thinks that it would be better to kill himself. So he takes his sword and he's about to kill himself. But verse 28 says, but Paul called out in a loud voice, do not hurt yourself. We're all here. We could have run away. He says, don't harm yourself because we're all here. And the jailer called for lights. Hey, guess what? Back then they didn't have light switches, all right? So it wasn't like he said, get the lights on in here. And like somebody just went and turned on like the lights, right? And it was like, bring the torch, right? Like light the lamp, okay? That's kind of what it was. The jailer calls for lights and they rushed in. He rushed in and there, the prisoner, Paul, used to be Saul. Remember that story last week? And his buddy Silas, and it says that the prisoner rushed in, he fell down before Paul and Silas, and he escorted them out. He got them out of there. He said, don't miss this. The key to the story. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? From Saul to Paul, the gospel changed him. And now God is using the gospel change to impact people all around him. Story gets pretty sweet. Paul and Silas said this to him. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord on him along with everyone in his house. So the jailer's entire family, his entire household gets to hear the gospel because of this event. He took them the same hour of the night and he washed their wounds. Remember they were beaten sitting in jail at night? So the jailer is cleaning them up now. He's washing their wounds. And right away, he and his family were all baptized. Okay, we're almost done. He brought them into his house. He put a meal in front of them and they rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire family. Do you see this impact? Sitting in jail, Instead of saying, God, you've forgotten us. We're here, God, because we're doing your work. They're just worshiping God. It's God, if you have us in jail, we love you. We're gonna love you in jail. And God says, I know. And I'm gonna use this to impact people around you. He sends the earthquake. They're free. The jailer's like, oh man, I lost them. I'm gonna kill myself. Paul and Cyrus are like, no, don't hurt yourself. We're all here. 
And the jailer's like, I want to know this Jesus that you love. And he says, come to my house, meet my family. And they were all baptized and they all began to follow Jesus. Why? Now listen, when the gospel impacts people, it begins to impact the people around that person as well. When the gospel changes you, whoever you are, when the gospel changes you, it starts to change and impact people around you. The gospel changes everything about our lives. That's what we've been learning about for the last three weeks now. This is the third week, fourth week. The gospel changes everything about our lives. This gospel is no less powerful today than it was in this story. So the two stories we just looked at today, God still does the same kind of powerful, life-changing things in people's life. So some of y'all have been going crazy on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter, I've seen you. Y'all talking about Kanye. Oh, Kanye this, Kanye. Oh, Kanye loves Jesus, right? Everybody's going crazy on Twitter, all right? So in case you don't know what we're talking about. Um, so Kanye, famous billionaire, by the way, uh, hip-hop rap artist, been around for a very long time now. Married to Kim K, okay? This week, Kanye drops his first Christian album and he begins to be interviewed by Jimmy Kimmel and all these late night shows on all these uh, very famous bloggers and people like that, right? So, um, and what Kanye is saying is that he's a changed man, that over the last year he has come to put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ as his, as his Lord and Savior. And people, I've been following people's reactions on Twitter, all sides. People that are Christians, some of them are like, nah, it's not real, like very skeptical. And I thought to myself, hmm, reminds me of last week's story with you guys. When, when Saul came to Jesus, many of them were like, dude, that guy's dangerous. I'm not talking to him. He, he's not a brother yet, right? Okay. Uh, people that are not Christians were like, with Kanye, were like, Dude, this is crazy. This is so, like, what's he doing? He's just trying to make money off the Christians. He figured out that the Christians have money and he wants to make money off the Christians now. So they're kind of pushing him away too. And then you got like some Christians that are like, oh, this is so awesome. Like, this is amazing. Like, okay, and let me tell you, like my whole, my whole purpose of bringing this up is not to make any kind of, of judgment on whether or not Kanye is being sincere about what he's proclaiming. What I do know is this, is that I've listened to his new album, Jesus is King, about, I don't know, I'm not even joking, you can ask my wife, I get a little obsessive about new things, and so I've, I'm probably on the 12th or 13th go-around of listening to his new album this week, Jesus is King. I get obsessive with lyrics and what they mean, and I want to hear it again, and what is, when he said, so, so I'm, not, I'm like just really digging in, what does this mean? And I will tell you this, is, is that if the words that Kanye are, is singing in his album, Jesus is King, if that is a sincere proclamation from his heart that Jesus is his king now, then he's a brother in Christ. And I think that for many Christians and non-Christians, they're so skeptical. They don't wanna believe that this is true. Like, it's not possible. And some of your lives like, are like, oh, that's awesome. That's not that big of a deal. But those of you who are like really into music and you, you understand what this means, Maybe he's a little old for some of you. Um, I had a, a student who graduated from here 
um, who is like uh, doing some DJ stuff now, and he's like t- really taking off and doing fun stuff. And and when I threw something up on my Instagram this week, he said, "From Jesus to worshiping Jesus, what a crazy time to be alive!" Because anybody who knows the history would say like, "I never would have thought like that this was going to come to pass, come to be." You definitely should check out the album, and here's why. Okay, I'm gonna tell you why. If the album, Jesus is King by Kanye, is a sincere proclamation from his heart, it's real, it's authentic from his heart, then what you are witnessing is exactly what I mean when I tell you that the gospel changes everything. See, I really believe that the gospel changes everything. That's why we've spent four weeks on it now. And this is a very timely thing for you to see that the gospel really does change people. One of the interviews with him was like, are you ever gonna sing your old music again? Like, man, he made you billions. Are you ever gonna sing that again? He's like, yeah, well, I'm gonna grab some of the beats that we used to do in my old music and we're gonna put new, new lyrics to it. I'm not singing the old lyrics anymore. And he said, and people were saying like, oh, that's not even in rhythm when this doesn't even rhyme. And he's like, well, I don't care. Jimmy Kimmel asked him, are you like a Christian rapper now? And he said, well, I'm kind of a Christian everything now. Let me tell you, I promise you the days ahead, you are not gonna see Kanye live out a perfect life. He's gonna make mistakes. He's got an incredible past like you and I do, a flesh But like we saw a few weeks ago, when you are living by the Spirit, you have the power to leave your past behind. So that's the situation here we got in our hands. And I want you to check out the album, Jesus King, because I think that what you're witnessing is a modern day example that the gospel does change everything. This isn't just come, hey, listen to Mark. It's like we believe that wholeheartedly. The gospel changes people's life. It's changed mine. So I'll throw the same question I threw out last week. How has the gospel changed your life? Now, I gotta throw a little disclaimer in there because some of you are gonna go home and say, Mom, Dad, Marcus said that I should listen to Kanye. <laughs> your parents are gonna be like, what? <laughs> what? You're gonna be like, yeah, 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 Marcus said like, Kanye's a Christian now? Like, Jesus has changed all his music on Spotify magically and it's all Christian, I'm gonna go listen to Kanye. Uh, and that's not what I'm saying, all right? Um, there, there's a lot of Kanye that you should not be listening to, okay? <laughs> In fact, when I listened to Jesus King, like the very last song, I was like, thank you, Jesus, that was so good. And then boom, the next song came out. I was like, oh man, Spotify, you just keep going. You don't stop. I forgot to hit repeat on this album, all right? So I'm not, not wholehearted, like whole endorsing everything that he's written. Obviously, this is like one album out of like the last, I don't know, he's written like maybe 13, 14 albums now, okay? So my point is simply like, just take it at face value, start with the new one and realize if this is genuine, authentic, then like, man, this is like pretty powerful stuff. Um, and I think you're witnessing something. And what I, want, what I want you to know is this, okay? And then I'm done, I'm done, my time is up here, all right? What I want you to know is this, is that, we believe that God's word is relevant today. Some of you think God's word is like this outdated thing from the past. No, like it means something and it, it does, God's word does something powerful today, like right now. And we're witnessing that all around us.
Let me pray. You guys get out of here. God, I want to thank you for tonight. Pray, Lord, that you would just be with us in our C group times and that, God, you would just um, just be king, be Lord. Um, God, we do want to pray for, for Kanye as he has proclaimed that he's a Christian, that he, Jesus is his Lord now, his king. And God, we, we know that he's going to face a lot of battles in his life ahead. And I pray, God, you would surround him with people who love him and will disciple him in truth that he would be um, a light in a very dark culture that needs truth. Um, Thank you for tonight, God. We thank you for the way the gospel has changed us. In Jesus' name, amen.